Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had a very special guest, special to my man, Dre. Special. Right? Tillman's a special guest, right? I mean, uh, Dre will give you the backstory of, of why he's special, but I'll just tell you a little bit about what we discussed in the show. And it was a good show, um, as they usually are. And it was a real light show where we discussed his background, how he got into the real estate industry, and some of the trials and tribulations that he's seen thus far. We discussed mentoring, which is a pivotal, which was a pivotal part of his life. In fact, his mentor was another guest on a previous show. So if you haven't heard his episode, that's Jonathan New, make sure you check that out. But again, we, we discussed a lot about the early stages of building a career in multifamily. And I think that it's going to be extremely useful to the mo most of our audience, because most of our audience are just getting started or are still in those early stages. So it'll be really, really relatable to you. But with that said, Dre, what are your thoughts on it? That's all. I mean, I talked about this before when we did Keegan Wetzel's episode, because Keegan was the one that opened multi the multifamily door for me, the real estate door. Aside from that, this one was very personal for me because for my listeners out there, Tillman played D1 basketball at the Naval Academy. He was actually the, the point guard, started, you know, one of the starting uh, five players, and he was my roommate at the Naval Academy. So to see him go through this journey, someone that really didn't even want to make a career out of the military or wasn't like really gun ho about it for him. It was a stepping stone to really make moves for his family and break that trend. And actually, I think that's where we bonded because I was in the same light. And to do well in the Navy as an officer, as a surface warfare officer, and then during that time also being an agent and then getting out and doing his first deal. And, and, and the personal part about it is to see his transition because I know him and to see where he's come from, but also too, it's, Usually you hear about when people do a multifamily deal and they have to raise capital as a, as a GP, a general partner, they're doing it with two or three other people. And what I love about this show and Till's journey is that Till did it by himself. Yeah, you heard that right. Till did his first 10 plus syndication deal in Portsmouth, Virginia by himself. He did the LOI, he did all the appraisal stuff, the inspection stuff, raising the capital on his lonesome. And he and he discusses how 10 out of 10 he wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was very, very stressful, but it was also very rewarding. So when he got to the closing table, that's why he was in tears, he was crying. Because it was the lessons that he learned and the battles that he faced that were worth it. So for my folks out there, if you're looking for something that is gonna truly get you out your seat and wanna bust through walls, and if you live in downtown San Diego, run out your apartment complex and shout through the streets, just full of fire and motivation, then this is the show for you. If you also wanna learn some great 10 second tips of best advice ever on doing a deal, this is it, because we discussed that. If you want, the end all be all no bullshit of advice you wish we know on raising capital, then this is it. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. 
Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I got my great co-host here, Ike Eke. I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another great episode. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you're a returning listener, please leave us a five-star review. It's Thursday. It's gloomy outside in San Diego. I can see the, the clouds from the airport and from Little Italy. Hopefully the sun comes out later. But before we introduce our guest, Tillman, Ike, I got to check in with you. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. And and uh, on the other side of downtown is gloomy as well. You tend to get the sun before I do. Actually, no, it's the other way around because I'm east of you. But that said, we're recording early in the morning, so we got to give the we got to give old sun some time before he comes out. Probably around midday. I expect to see him later, though. Yeah, Otherwise, maybe, maybe he'll uh, smile once Tillman comes on the show. Hey. <laughs> Possibly, possibly. Otherwise, I'm doing good, man. Staying busy, keeping it grinding with uh, with the refi that I'm doing. In fact, I just sent payment for the appraisal, so that's the next the next hurdle. And anybody that's ever done, you know, a refinance or bought a property, that period when you're waiting for the appraisal to come back, it's it's almost you know you're hoping and wishing because you never know um, if the appraiser woke up on the right side of the bed or you know just had a, a bad day and they might give you a bad number, but uh, we're hoping and praying that it comes back a okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Well, I'm wishing you and praying for you for the best of success on that appraisal, and you have all the favor and all the grace with that. I'm good, man. Yesterday was a content day. Uh, was at one of the San Diego properties, just recording content uh, with the the video guy. Uh, you know, that's always a challenge, man. Man, respect to people that have that that itch when it comes to creating content and social media and all that. It is not my thing. <laughs> so I'm good. Hey man, you just gotta get through it. Gotta get through yeah, it. Yeah, gotta get through it. Gotta do it. With no further ado, however, let me introduce Tillman Dunbar. Uh, he is a realtor out of Norfolk, Virginia, and also an uh, investor and also a syndicator. So he's got plenty of information and plenty of knowledge to give to you guys, our beloved audience. So with that said, Tillman, I'll give you the floor and let you talk about you know, how you got into real estate, what you've done in real estate, and where you are today and where you, where you plan on going in the future. Man, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, this is a blast. I'm super excited and pumped. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, was in the military, you know, and actually went to the Naval Academy Commission uh, 2016. Um, was getting ready to transition out. Um, I knew that uh, my time was coming to an end. Um, so I kind of was looking for, 
things to do in my ne next chapter, right? And um, the thing that kept popping front in front of my face and just on the front of my mind uh, was real estate, right? Um, and the biggest thing, I had a few conversations um, at my, my final command um, with some you know, high level people and it just all the conversations kept back coming back to real estate, real estate. Um, so uh, that kind of propelled me to kind of take a dive head first. Um, I started with, you know, single family flips, you know, naturally that's everybody kind of dipping their toes into the investing world. Um, and that kind of quickly turned into me getting my realtor license, real estate license, um, and doing the residential real estate side. And then it also turned into kind of multifamily and the syndications from there, um, which, you know, we can kind of dive deeper in, but that's kind of just surface level. But yeah, it was a quick transition. Um, the really thing, the biggest thing that propelled it was me transitioning and looking for my next chapter in life. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's funny. We've had quite a few individuals that uh, are ex-military or current military on the show, and obviously they've gotten into real estate. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to be on the show, right? So it, and it seems to be a bit of a trend. And you mentioned that, you know, you spoke to people within the military and and you sort of, kept getting similar advice. I'm wondering what about being in the military sort of lends to the ability to successfully be a real estate investor? Well, the cool thing about the military is, um, you know, it's a lot of the things that are big picture life items are really taken care of, right? You have your health benefits, you have, you know, housing allowance and, you know, you're getting base pay, you're getting all these different types of things that are guaranteed set for life or set as, as long as you're in the military. Um, and a lot of people, especially when they're going on deployment, um, they're going on cruises, they're you know, going on underways, uh, they're looking for things to kind of generate more income for them outside, right? And they're looking for places to park cash. Um, and real estate is always kind of that natural niche because you know, you can be gone for nine months and your property is still generating income. And it's just, you can put a property manager in there, you know, you're getting that passive return. Um, so that's kind of why it's really good for, you know, um, uh, military people. And, and secondly, we have the VA loan, which is the greatest uh, loan, loan format out there. You know, there's nothing beating that, right? So 0% down, it just allows us so much flexibility, right? Especially if you're smart and you're, you know, savvy with the different type of investment opportunities there are utilizing the VA loan. So I think that alone is just the biggest piece of why military members love to kind of transition into real estate because we have a amazing opportunity that, you know, most of Americans just don't get uh, just because we're, you know, active duty or former military um, members. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, for listeners out there that are in the military, um, and, and, you know, are living the lifestyle that is required by the military, it would be helpful to you to reach out to people like Trey, to reach out to people like Tillman and understand some of their experience and get some of their guidance. Because like Tillman just, just told you, it's, it's an incredible situation to be in if you are interested in investing your money passively or semi-actively in the real estate space. So I, I, I would agree, I'm sure. Dre would agree, <laughs> given the fact that he's he's lived it as well. Yeah, brother. I even to touch on your, your question and what Till said, you're right, there has been this trend of 
military that have been getting into real estate, but I think it it comes down to embracing the suck. Mm. Until I can understand, like when you go to a Naval Academy, it's like you're getting beat down for four years and you have to learn to, at the end of it, it's weird. It's, it's weird. I, I, it's, it's a feeling that most uh, like military and academy grads, especially will understand you somehow in a weird way, your brain like flips a switch after a certain amount of time. And you just learn to smile and laugh at adversity. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, we used to do this thing where we would be like doing wet and sandy. The seals do it too, a little bit when they do butts and you'll do push-ups, and you're doing uh, sit-ups with like logs and other stuff and you're in the water and then you got to get in the sand and then you're, and then you're doing it in there and you're in the water. And I mean, the water is like freezing cold. And then and you think that it would suck in that moment, but there's something in your brain that in that hour or moment and you look at Till and Till starts laughing and then I start laughing and then the whole line starts laughing. And <laughs> that translates, I, I think, very well into business because as you know, everything is not going to go to plan. It, in fact, it probably most of the time doesn't. And I, and you, and I know that we're going to get into this until's journey when he talks about both of his deals. So I want to allude to that, but it's, it's something about that where, you know what, like I'm going, I'm dealing with punches. I'm getting punched in the jaw. I'm all bloodied up, but even though I'm getting punched and even though I'm having all these challenges in, in business and in, in real estate, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep picking my head up and keep on walking, and then eventually I'm gonna close. And that's it. That's it. If you have that mindset, that make it happen mindset, it's it's paramount in real estate, and it'll it'll take you extremely far, farther than any analytical, um, you know, tools that you can find, or farther than the best underwriting spreadsheet or whatever. If if you have the mindset where you simply are going to make it happen regardless of of the circumstances, you'll go very far. So. So let's talk about um, your recent deals in the syndication space and and sort of walk us through a little bit behind how they came together. I think you did it by yourself, which is quite quite a quite an effort. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, but before I, I I can even begin on my journey of multifamily, I have to kind of tell the backstory of how I even was able to get there. I had a sure. uh, you know command, um, um, and for the listeners who aren't familiar with them. Uh, the military, just think of like your your manager, your supervisor, um, your direct superior. So uh, my commander, his name was Jonathan New. He was actually just on you guys' show. Um, we were having a conversation. I was, you know, wet behind the ears and I'm spinning my wheels doing these flips and I'm running around in circles and, you know, it, it was going well, but it was, you know, I'm turning my, deal, my, my wheels for a solo property, right? So, you know, uh, Jonathan came to me and he was like, Hey man, I know, I see what you're doing, but you need to get a multifamily. I was like, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's, it's a gargantuan task, you know? So, you know, when I was at that stage, I was thinking multifamily duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, right. You know, something, you know, minor, but, uh, he said, no, you gotta, you're going to go for it, go for it. Um, and he looked at me, he was like, I'll help you through your first one. I'll, I'll guide you and I'm going to make you rich. Right. And you hear someone like that, you know, someone, you know, in the workspace, uh, yes, he is responsible for me, but outside of the military, he, he didn't know me anything. Right. And, you know, that was just an amazing, amazing um, kind of guardian angel mentor kind of thing. Um, 
that, you know, kind of propelled me and motivated me. Just like, you know what? I can do this. Um, I already had an ambition, um, ambitious type of mindset. But, you know, when I had, I knew I had that backing, I was ready to kind of run through the wall and, and, and get started. Um, so, yeah. So as soon as I, after that conversation, I think that evening or even the, the evening after, I just kind of hit the ground running. I, I was asking all the questions. Um, I was giving him calls. He probably hated me and, and was super annoyed with me, but I was like, what do I need to do? What's my next step? Where do I begin? Um, I just started researching properties, right? So I found a, a beautiful, uh, it was a 10 unit here in Portsmouth, uh, Virginia. And I was, I was in love, right? You know, as you're a young investor, you're usually attached to your properties or whatever properties you're, and you learn quickly, like not to get attached, but I was attached. I was like, this is the one, this is perfect place to start. Um, and I submitted my first LOI, you know, um, and it got rejected. Right. And I was devastated. I was like, oh man, like I did all the right stuff. You know, I did my due diligence, uh, spent weeks on this. I knew this was the perfect project and it got rejected. Right. So, um, but then I had a conversation, you know, with Jonathan and uh, was able to quickly bounce back and dive right back into looking for another one. So I found a, a beautiful deal, um, which is the, my first uh, property, Woodrow Courts. Um, and it was a 16 unit um, in the kind of premium area of Norfolk, kind of in the Ghent area uh, of Norfolk. So I, I was elated to have this opportunity. Um, and it kind of fell in my lap. Uh, there was a previous buyer who had submitted an LOI that was actually a higher price point than mine. Um, and for whatever reason, the owner didn't accept it because he was out of the country, right? And as you guys know, the buyer had a certain amount of time with the 1031 exchange to where he could dispose his funds. Um, so he had to back out the deal. And the day after I submitted my LOI, it was a little below his offer price. Um, but it was actually accepted, right? So the purchase price was 2.5 um, and I had offered 2.3. I did, you know, some underwriting and that was what made sense after the underwriting. Um, and I was nervous. I, I thought I kind of lowballed it. I was, I was like, there's no way they're gonna accept this, but you know, they, they kind of accepted it. And from there it's off to the races. Um, and kind of, as you guys alluded to, um, yes, I had, you know, the backing of, you know, Jonathan as, you know, someone I could go to questions with, but all in all, you know, I was the sole GP on that deal when I had to do the capital raise, the appraisals, uh, the inspections, um, and the structuring of the deal as a whole. Um, was a lot. And you know, I was talking to Dre a little bit uh, before we got on the show, and uh, man, I 10 out of 10 don't recommend. But <laughs> the journey... <laughs> 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 the journey of it, the difficulties, the, the anxiety, the stress, the, um, the process, when I got to the end, as you guys just said, when I got to that closing table and all the twists and turns of the deal over the, the 90 days, when I got to that closing table, man, I was, uh, I cried, man, I cried, right? Because it was just like, man, I made it. I did this. I don't know how I did it, but I'm here. And as you guys said, you know, you, you appreciate that journey. And you kind of embrace the suck. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of uh, the rough, rough uh, kind of uh, path of my first deal. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I mean, there's a lot in there to discuss and we'll discuss many points, I'm sure. The first one I wanted to sort of tease out for the audience is that you mentioned 
um, that you were almost, you know, embarrassed to or or nervous to submit the offer that you did because you thought it was low, even though it met the requirements of your underwriting. And the lesson from that, I would at least, especially in today's market where there are a lot of variables, especially you know the cost of money via interest rate, um, the ability to close because of lending, um, you know, capacity from banks and whatnot. If your if your offer doesn't make you at least a little bit embarrassed to submit it, it might be too high in, yeah. in today's market. Um, so you know you should almost have at least a bit of of recoil before you send that you press send on that email because. In today's market, there are just so many variables that you cannot over, I mean, you can't overpay and you're, you have to hit your underwriting marks in a conservative fashion. So I wanted to tease that out for the audience, but what I do want to ask you about sort of the process of, of the contract from, from LOI to close, since you did it by yourself and, and we all know the amount of work that goes into that process, how did you, how did you organize yourself in such a way that you'd be able to, you know, cross all your T's and dot all your I's and make it to that closing table? Um, so I kind of, you know, I'm a big stickler for not reinventing the wheel, right? Because yes, we are new investors, but there's been thousands and thousands of people before us who have been extremely successful in this industry, right? And lucky for me, I had someone sitting across the desk from me, right? So I just picked his brain time at the time at the time and I was not afraid to ask questions I wasn't too proudful to say hey I don't know you know I, I don't know can you teach me uh, for me like yeah if you show me something and say hey here's a template run with it I can execute from there and then um, as you guys know as high level um, investors as well um, yeah I just need to know where am I going and I can execute from there um, the most efficient path um, so that was kind of the biggest uh, thing for me that, that, you know, I just wasn't afraid to ask questions and not, not afraid to say, I don't know X, Y, Z. So what I love about that too is the mentorship part of it. And I know we've discussed a little bit on the show, Ike, about mentorship in general, but it's the idea of that Till kept harassing him. He kept coming back and asking Jonathan all those questions like, hey, I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't know this. So there's that, there's that tidbit of wisdom, but the other nugget of wisdom is the importance of mentorship in general. Mm. I think a lot of people, they get excited about real estate and investing and they try to go into it. And, and yes, a lot of the education and of the, the terminology and the concepts and the vocabulary is important. And you do need to know that. You do need to understand those processes, but mentorship is, is just as equal because when you're actually taking action and yeah, you could figure it out, but as Till mentioned, don't reinvent the wheel. There's someone that's done it. There's someone that's been down that road. So picking up that phone call or sending that message and continuing to ask those questions, it allows you to learn from their successes and learn from their failures. And it could make, instead of going around the, the whole wheelhouse, you can just take a straight path. You know, you might have some rocks around the way, but at least that helps you a little bit more than trying to figure it out yourself. And so, you know, I just love that too. And I'm going to say this at the beginning of the show, but I'm biased. This is probably going to be just like Keegan's episode. This is probably going to be one of my top two, just because this is more personal for me. Cause Till and I were roommates at the Naval Academy. Um, we were in the same company. So 
to see him do this and go through this, this is just gonna be more personal for me. So um, I, I, I fucking love it, bro. Man, nah, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, it means the world. It means the world to me, for sure. You're a big inspiration as well. When I found out you were in the space, it was just kind of shot me to another level. I was like, man, it was just gave me so much juice and motivation to keep pumping and keep pushing through. So yeah, dude, I appreciate it, bro, for sure. Yeah. I love before before we move. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dre. Before we move on, do it, do it. There, there were there were there were two things. There were two things that that Till said um, there that I was thinking. Honestly, if I were to give, if I had ten seconds to give advice to somebody that was just getting started in real estate, this is exactly what I would tell them. I would tell them, don't be afraid to ask questions, and don't reinvent the wheel. Those <laughs> those two pieces of advice as an overarching thread throughout your, your real estate um, knowledge uh, uh, growth will lead you in the right direction. Because if you are not afraid to ask questions to somebody that's a little more experienced than you or a lot more experienced than you, and you know and are humble enough to not try to reinvent the wheel and try to do it your own way, you will be extremely successful in this business. There, there's a saying in, in, in real estate that every real estate investor should adhere to R&D. And that's not research and development. That's a rip off and duplicate because it's the same. It's the same business. Thousands of years have been the same business. So I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because if you boil down, um, you know, advice into just two pieces, that's what I would give. It's so funny. <laughs> I lo absolutely love that. No, You're but yeah, templates, structures, like whatever, however high you scale up, there's always going to be someone at least one step above you. Yeah. Pick those people out, pick their brain because every single step you go up, every rung on the ladder, there's some information that's gonna be different that you might not know. So you do wanna, you know, like you said at the beginning, dot your I's, cross your T's, make sure everything is in line with your vision to make sure you're, you can be as successful as you would like to be. And now a word from our show sponsor. Let me let you in on the best kept secret when it comes to investing in single or multifamily flips. Hire an interior designer. Now stay with me. We're not talking about curtains and throw pillows here. We're talking about elevating your design, reconfiguring your floor plans, and developing functional spaces, all to maximize your ROI. Melanie Renee Designs has over 12 years of experience designing in the San Diego real estate market and is ready to help you increase your profits on flips, buy and holds, or short-term vacation rentals. Reach out to Melanie herself at melreneh at gmail.com. That's M-E-L-R-E-N-E-H at gmail.com. And make sure to tell her that we sent you. We're going to move on to the second part of the show, the legacy round. All right. It's going to be an open forum on your favorite acquisition that forever changed the trajectory of your business. Practical tips on how to grow a portfolio or how to build your investment network. So since we spoke about the first deal, Okay. I think that the legacy round might be a good segment to talk about the deal you just finished. Man, man. Uh, so it's actually not all the way finished. I'm actually actually on the phone right now. Um, pending closing tomorrow or on at the top of the week on Monday. Um, but man, if I thought the first deal, and you know, they always say no deal one, no two deals are the same, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm hundred deals and you're still going to run into something that is going to be difficult, right? So 
this still has been a, a phenomenal learning learning experience, but it's probably been my uh, most challenging one, right? Uh, and I say that because um, the race has been astronomically difficult, absolutely difficult. What made it right? difficult? So, um, so the race was 700,000 total. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, you know, this is pre when, you know, the deal started in March, right? And now we're in July. Um, so at the beginning, it was prior to all the interest hikes, right? It was prior to the economy kind of take, you know, shifting and going. Mm -hmm. So everybody was excited when I was bringing this deal to investors. Everybody's all in like, hey, I'm ready to invest. I should have had the raise done in like two weeks, right? So then the market started to shift and investors were a little shaky, right? People didn't have as much funds, able liquid funds to kind of shell out to deal. So I kind of had, I've gone through probably <laughs> about 25 plus commitments of where I had money locked in and then taken back. Yeah. And even up to the point to where I was a week out and I had a major investor back out like 300 or like 200K, right? So it has just been so hard and kind of piece it together, piece together the raise, but it's very rewarding. I think this deal, like you just mentioned, changing the trajectory of my life. First one was amazing. That's going to, you know, forever be grateful for that. I think this deal is going to truly change the trajectory for me from a standpoint that, you know, now I'm almost a seasoned syndicator, right? Uh, in the eyes of investors, in the eyes of lenders and financing, in the eyes of brokers, so much so that, you know, now I'll get off-market deals. Uh, now I have that trust built up. Um, so I think this will significantly change the trajectory of my life, but it's also been, it's been a pain for sure, I'm not going to lie, especially with the raise. I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think <laughs> he told it so well, but what what I love that he told about it was the the nitty gritty of the real estate environment. And, and it's funny you're mentioning that too, because I think we talked briefly, like we're in the middle of a raise too. And I know some other buddies that were going through that as well, just even if they do have the funds when the market starts to correct and shift like that, depending on who you ask, some people were saying we're already in the heat of a recession people will want to be a little bit more conservative and not invest. And I can, I have also said this before. And, and when you have raised a few times, you, you understand this concept, the soft commits don't matter. <laughs> if, if I could have a 10 second, if I could have a 10 second word of advice on raising capital, I would tell people, do not get excited about soft commits, folks. They do not matter. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I don't care if I send out an email and I get 200 soft commits. It is not until those funds hit the bank account that mm -hmm. check one seat, one bottom in place. Like, it, it doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> it does not count. Yeah, R&D and soft commits don't matter. I think those are the best real estate advice as syndicated you can you can. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, you guys hit the nail on the head for sure. <laughs> awesome. So we'll, we'll move on to the last part of the show. This is the Giordano round. Giordano's is the number one pizza spot in Chicago because you got these big, thick, meaty slices of pizza just full of goodness. So this round is my favorite round. It's going to be a series of questions between Ike and I that we're going to ask you to back and forth. And each question is going to leave our listeners with 
a mouthful of goodness, slices of knowledge. So the first one, you're on the top of the highest mountain in the world. These are your last words before you die. What would Tillman scream out to the world and want them to remember him by? Oh man, well, I don't know how many people are religious, but uh, I'm a, I, I, I do, I'm a big believer in God. So my last words would be God is the greatest. And that'll probably be my last word because he's done phenomenal things for me in my life and the trajectory of my life. And I don't think I'd be where I am in the opportunities, as you know, through the Naval Academy and you know my uh, Naval career uh, without without him in my life. So that those would probably be my final, final words. Love it. Next question. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I would say um, the biggest word is just perseverance, right? You know, all the knowledge, you have these different podcasts like you guys, you have the books, you have the education pieces. <clears throat> A lot of the stuff that isn't mentioned in that are the troubling times, the adverse situations, the stuff that don't go according to plan because stuff never, ever, ever, ever goes according to plan. So what I would say is you got to have perseverance to be successful in this game, right? Because nothing will ever go according to plan. Vocab, what are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Hmm. I'd say your cap rate, that's always important. Um, and depending on what kind of project you're doing, I'd say ARV, um, if you're doing a big value add project or, you know, um, and then also I would say, last one, I would say all, I'm, man, that's a hard one. What do I think is the most important one? Uh, Man, I'd say either L LCV or LCC, you know, understanding that uh, from the financing standpoint, you know, that's a big one as well. So I think, I think those three are probably the most important to me um, when, you know, for multifamily investors. All right. Last question. If edu uh, sorry, education is critical in this business. What books, apps, masterminds, podcasts, or, and podcasts would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? Um, so, you know, I am a realtor. Um, uh, with, uh, so a book I am reading right now with uh, my team and my guys right now um, is a book called Shift. Um, it's uh, by Gary Keller. Um, I, I'm, I am with the Keller Williams Brokerage. But um, yeah, Shift is a major one because it talks about everything we're going through right now in a shifting market, right? Um, on the residential side and, you know, a little bit on the multifamily and commercial side as well. We're going from, you know, a seller's market quickly to a buyer's market. Stuff that was flying off the shelf, the inventory that was flying off the shelf is sitting a little more. So kind of like you were saying, got to be a little more conservative with your underwriting. It's got to be a little more, you know, knowledgeable about what you're investing in and what you're going after with these properties because, we're in a very shifted market where interest rates aren't the same that it was two, three years ago. 
Um, so that is probably my favorite book I'm reading right now. Um, also podcasts, not named you guys is because I love your guys' podcasts. Um, the Syndicator Show, um, absolutely love that one. Um, and then also a book I love, love, love. If you're doing any investment types or any kind of entrepreneurial stuff, I would say Profit First. It's called Profit First. All right, there you have it. How can multifamily by the slice listeners best get in touch with you too? Um, uh, my, I'll start with my email. My email is uh, 3DTLLC at gmail.com. Uh, the three is spelled out, T-H-R-E-E. Uh, my Instagram is T-D-I-I-I underscore underscore. Um, I also have a LinkedIn um, that will be <clears throat> listed down here. And I have a website as well um, for my realtor page. But and the best best way to really reach me is by email or on um, through Instagram or Facebook. Um, uh, and I'll definitely quickly reply any and all questions and all, all listeners. Uh, I'm, I'd be happy to hop on a call or chat or uh, quick quick talk or discussion i would love that um because kind of like you know all my mentors and all my real estate people did for me i just want to pass knowledge and you know give the next person a little nugget maybe one or two nuggets to help them get to their next level and change the trajectory of their lives awesome well there you have it folks another amazing episode multi-family by the slice dre evans aka and we've got Tillman Dunbar in the house. So thank you again. Check us out, multifamilybottleslice.com. Have a blessed day. Thank you guys for having me again, man, for sure.